0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Long Beach, California, with a very special guest by the name of Harrison Woodruff. Harrison, hey, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch?
1: I am definitely ready to release that clutch, I can tell you that.
0: I think you're going to lay some stripes down the street. I I've heard a few things about you, so yeah, I think <laughs> we're going <gonna>, <laughs> to yeah, I think we're going to have some fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that maybe most people don't know about you?
1: Well, surprisingly enough, despite being from there, I actually don't have an accent. But I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised. And I'm out here living the California dream, as they might say.
0: Wow, very cool. Well, Atlanta, Georgia, I know you're a bit of a Porsche guy. Uh, there's a cool Porsche Center there that I got to visit a couple years ago. Have you ever been able to go to that uh, Porsche Center there in Atlanta?
1: It is, actually. Um, it's right there, right by the airport. Yep. I've been there actually a few times. Um, I've done a couple drives there. And then we did a, a PTS Target delivery there for my dad um, this past year, actually. Oh, it's a nice. beautiful facility.
0: Yeah, it's really, really nice. It's a, it's a great place. Ray Schaefer, uh, who's been a past guest here, works there, and uh, I'm not sure if you know him, but he's a, a true blue Porsche guy. He's done some racing. Used to be at Brumos for many, many years. Oh, cool! What was the paint to sample uh, target color?
1: It was a British. It was a British racing green. Nice. And then the interior was a full, a full bespoke build. Oh, it wow! A, it was a chocolate on almond leather two tone. Hodgepodge inside. It was. It's a beautiful spec.
0: That sounds nice. You know, my first new car was a uh, chirocco first gen chirocco 1979. Ooh. It was metallic green and had kind of a tan interior. So that same kind of combination. And of course, first thing I did was threw some gold BBS wheels on that thing. The old style BBS uh, basket weave uh, wheels that they had back in the uh, late 70s and early 80s. So uh, sounds kind of like the same kind of vibe. And I'm seeing a lot of green cars come back now.
1: Oh, yeah, it's definitely starting to pop back up. Yeah,
0: sounds wonderful. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive into your world of cars. Harrison Woodruff is a rally car racer and an automotive collector and has an affinity for high-performance custom luxury vehicles. His collection includes a McLaren 600LT, a Lamborghini Urus, and a Porsche 997. He has driven in multiple prestigious rallies, across the country, including the Gold Rush Rally, the New Rally, and the Savage Rally, to name just a few. These rallies all require intense determination, focus, and planning to successfully complete. In addition to competing in rallies each year, he has a YouTube page titled Harrison Woodruff Logs. He grew up in a family of car enthusiasts, it sounds like his dad likes Porsches too, and enjoys yes, helping he oversee his family's collection of classic automobiles. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more, but first a word from our sponsors, so give them a little love and we'll be right back. Keep the seatbelts on. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for Craft 2. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YEAH21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word YEAH21 Y-E-A-H at checkout. YEAH21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my orange crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings. Not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars. Yeah, American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So Harrison, we are back. So I want to talk a little bit more about this infatuation you have with rallies and for a lot of people when they hear the word rally they think of rally racers or the crazy guys that drive through the forest and on ice and roads and things but this rally or these rallies that you do they're on public highways is that right
1: yeah they're on public highways back roads but it it is it is no Dakar rally or anything such like that anything like that at all (laughs) yeah it'd be awesome if it was well yeah a little like that
0: little unsafe on public roads well you know a a lot of people hear about these rallies we see them uh you do vlogs on them uh, a lot of social media but can you tell our listeners today a little bit about what makes these rallies unique what makes them fun how do you prepare for them are there kinds of competitions within them um, because the gold rush rally i've heard a lot about that in the past the new rally the savage rally i mean these things sound like fun uh what what are these rallies all about like are they the same kind of marked cars or do they last multiple days how do they work
1: yeah so Each of them are kind of different in their own light, and that's what makes them so special and fun. So Gold Rush, it it, it really is the biggest one of the three. Obviously, it's kind of like gumball in the fact that it's a a very long journey rally, and you're stopping in in big-name cities throughout and staying in very prestigious areas and just having basically a Gold Rush good old time. And what a Gold Rush good old time is is You're driving very spiritedly on public roads uh, with multiple police escorts and in some locations not. And having first class catering, dining experiences, outings at night, outings in the daytime, fun adventures, all that kind of stuff throughout the entire journey. And it's usually between nine and 11 days long is Gold Rush. Nine, Nine and 11 days Whoa. It is. And you wake up at you wake up at eight AM and you're getting there at five PM every single day. It's a it's a twenty five hundred to three thousand mile trip. Wow. And these little cooped up cars. So it gets a little at the end of it, you get a little tired of it, but then once the next year comes around you're like, I gotta go again. This one's <laughs> gonna be fun. And you're just so hyped up for it and then it just <laughs> It's like anything, you're working out, you're doing anything strenuous, you get tired of at the end, but then you're like, I'm glad I did that.
0: So do these take place in different parts of the country then? Uh, Is the Gold Rush the same course every year or is it something different?
1: So for Gold Rush, they try and do anywhere across the country. They might even actually, I'm good friends with the organizers of it now, and they've been talking to me about Maybe doing some international stuff next year. Oh, wow. I know this year they've really stepped up the notch with the the route this year. And then for new rally, new rally tends to stay on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And they're a, they're a two to three day rally, absolute ball, super, super down to earth people. And they just, they're out, they're all about having a good time. They're in the cars doing smaller, more fun scenic routes, not necessarily Millie, million of miles long, but just fun, super scenic routes and meeting great people. And then Savage Rally is just all about goofing off and having a big old laugh. (laughs) Um, And Savage Rally has just started going across the country. They used to have everything on the East Coast, but now they're, they're starting to come across West.
0: Very cool. Now, I understand that there's a rally that takes place every year during Car Week. So it's like the Bull Run. I think it's a bunch of Lamborghinis that drive up to yeah. Pebble Beach and so forth. Have you done that?
1: So I was going to, but I actually did a new rally up there, which was a very similar event. Um, but the running, the Bull Run up to, up to uh, Monterey is definitely on the bucket list. I, I might try and do it next year and in the next few years to come. We will see. So with
0: these rallies, are they all the same, Mark, or can people bring all different kinds of cars?
1: So that is a great question because some some of these rallies, they, they do have a – it's not a minimum of how much a car is worth, but it, it's kind of a cool factor. It's like, oh, I have an old air-cooled Porsche. You're welcome to come. Oh, I have a Toyota Camry. Eh, you might not be allowed on, per se, Gold Rush. They, it, it can be a little ex- – exclusive mm-hmm. to hold their brand image but all in all it's just trying to i guess keep the quality of everything up to their name i guess yeah. and then a new rally they they do allow more generic vehicles and in savage rally you could pretty much bring anything
0: cool sounds like fun as
1: long as it doesn't break down <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: well you never know you're dealing with cars and you also have a that's true. a YouTube page that's titled Harrison Woodruff Vlogs. Tell me about that.
1: For sure. So I started actually, I started back in high school. I'm a, I'm a senior in college now. I started about five years ago in total. I got bored basically as a high school senior. I had finished most of my core classes and everything back then, and I had not many classes left my last semester. And I was like, you know what? I love cars. And I love videography and photography. So let's start filming. Mm-hmm. What am I going to film? I'm going to film cars. <laughs> so I was good friends with exotic dealers back in Atlanta. So I started reviewing cars because I was too young to like do anything with them back then for real. And then it just kind of blossomed into stuff when I moved to Texas into modifying my Mercedes back then and doing all kinds of little car shows and hanging out. And then it turned into a, a big automotive travel slash lifestyle vlog of basically my life and everybody that hangs out with me it's it's pretty fun I and mean, we do a bit of goofy stuff on there that's for sure some stuff is pretty creative
0: <laughs> having fun absolutely you know when you think about your life around cars obviously your dad sounds like he was a, a bit of an influence on you sounds like he likes cars is there a a driving inspiration for you a, a mentor or a person in your life that's been influential in your passion for cars
1: I would, I would actually definitely say it was my father. Um, growing up, we're we're in the we're in the automotive industry, as it is, and just going to the dealerships with him and and watching and learning and just basically always being around it. It's it's been in my blood since day one, and I've always just enjoyed it, and he's always enjoyed it with me. It's, it's how we really hang out with each other. It's either basically anything with keys in it is how we hang out and go do stuff together, or just you know have quality time, but where we really have fun together is something with a motor, mostly cars, most of these rallies he actually goes on himself too, so it's kind of fun, but i would I would definitely say he's my influencer do you guys take the same car you- um sometimes yeah, like for gold rush no uh we we do drive separately, yes,
0: yeah, uh sounds like fun. Now, you said you're a senior in college. Do you, what are your plans once you get out of school?
1: So my plans are, and it's kind of started to fall in place over the past few years. It, I've thought about helping and joining the, the family business with the, with the dealerships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I've always been interested in. Now, do I necessarily want to go and immediately start working at the, the new car stores? Not really, because those have already been in place and they're started and they're running. I kind of want to take the stores into a, a used car direction, okay. like say a, a CarMax idea or like a or some a big franchisable car dealership idea on a used cars level because we've got the new car game done, and I kind of want to take it a different direction to expand it.
0: You know, it's interesting how in the last couple of years and COVID played a big part of this that the drive or the drive up in the value of used cars especially sports cars and special collectible cars has really gone through the roof what's your perception of all this because you're a young person in the automotive trade and lots of times i i hear people saying oh young people aren't interested in cars what's going to happen with all these cool cars that's not really what i've learned there are plenty of young people that love cars and they're they're mm-hmm. the next generation so what's your what's your advice i say your advice i would say what's your opinion of how the car market's changing because the collector car market is up we have the onset of evs coming online some of them are kind of fun we have the hybrids uh and then you have uh, autonomous cars that are coming down the road too uh not too far behind what's your perception as a young man with the future of the automobile
1: so being a being somebody at Loves exhaust and noise and everything. I, I do hope, I understand for emissions and everything, I, I get it. But I do hope that we will still be able to have, you know, if not naturally aspirated, turbocharged engines to have around, you know, to just have the true passion of an automotive enthusiast around. But I, I, I do see that most car companies are going, including our dealers, our our brands are going EV, if not hybrid and it, it's definitely an interesting world am i excited about it yes because it will help the world for sure and longevity for grandchildren and children beyond and it, it's it's definitely putting out some crazy supercars that's for sure yeah. like rimac coming out with all their stuff and conant doing their crazy cars with hybrid technology and then not to mention the the Holy Trinity: the LaFerrari, the P1, and the 918 came out. What? How long ago now? Yeah, yeah. And now everyone's finally catching back up. Yeah. And then, not to mention, like you said, the values on used cars and new cars nowadays is just skyrocketing. Now, is that due to COVID? Yes and no. I think. I think it was. I think it started it because of the the demand for so so many cars, mm-hmm. and there was just no supply because the chips. So everybody was just like all right, I'm okay with buying a car with 40,000 miles instead of a, a brand new car for 10 grand less. Okay. And then it just turned into, oh, it's now 10 grand more. It's like, oh my goodness. Right. And I, I, I do think that that's going to level out, hopefully, at some point. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Because it, it's getting a little crazy. But, I mean, as dealers, thankfully, we're doing well, and we're, we're trying to get as many cars as we can with everything going on in the world. I mean, we're just selling to pavement every single month with what we can get. Mm -hmm. It's definitely an interesting time.
0: It's different. Yeah, never seen anything like this. And, you know, I want to say to you, Harrison, and to all my young listeners, my hat's off to young people who have had to go through the last two years of schooling with what's happened with COVID. It has not been easy. Mm Mm-mm. For the most part, I think most of the young people I've talked to, I've had many young racers on the show, and they've had to deal with this in school, and most of you guys and gals have done this with a smile on your face, and you've just dealt with it and done it, but Mm -hmm. how how did you fare during the last two years with probably online learning and lack of being around other people, and how how did this treat you, and how did you deal with it?
1: So, I would definitely say the first six months of lockdown, was back in the day, was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a bit different, that's for sure. No um, it did get me goofed up in school for a minute because I mean trying to figure out everything on Zoom and the professors learning it. It was it was definitely a learning curve for everybody. But I actually I'm still on um, I'm still on online learning as we speak down here in Southern Cal with everything going on still. And it's definitely gotten a whole lot smoother and a whole lot better. Definitely not the same as it was as being in person for school. Mm -hmm. The one positive thing I will say, though, that it has given me, it's given me the ability to be able to travel between California and home, home being Atlanta, um, to, to learn and focus and kind of balance learning school and also learning the family businesses, if not the real estate stuff that I am wanting to eventually tap into and just balance it out because if I was in person, that just wouldn't be possible. So it's kind of given me a time to where I'm out of school. So I'm able to focus and learn the real outside world. And then I'm also be able to open my laptop and get back on my studies. In the beginning, it was, was, I was stumbling over myself.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people were. I think everybody was in every capacity <laughs> yeah. in many, many ways. Well, I'm glad you've uh, figured out a way to handle it well. That's, that's awesome to hear. Let's take another short break and thank our sponsors we come back. Uh, we just talked about a challenge, but I want to talk about maybe, maybe another challenge in your world. Keep that thought in mind, and we'll be right back. You listeners know that I'm a huge car care fanatic, and my friends at AutoGeek created their Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant for perfectionists like you and me. Wolfgang A Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is designed to provide long-lasting protection and a glossy, slick finish that, well, it's unmatched. The use of polymer technology ensures your paint is protected from environmental contaminants, those damaging UV rays, and lasts up to three months long. By providing the glossy look of carnauba wax with the longevity of a synthetic formula, Wolfgang A Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is the best of both worlds. Go to AutoGeek.net to get yours, for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. AutoGeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, And be sure to use the code cars, yeah when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So Harrison, I like to ask my guests to talk about a big challenge they face, big obstacle, maybe even... A big failure. And the reason I bring this up is not to drum up some bad history. It's really more about how Mm -hmm. you met that challenge and how you took it as a really valuable learning lesson to move forward. And hopefully we inspire somebody listening out there that might be going through the same thing to say or to see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel.
1: For sure. I think what I would like to use is my nine nine seven. Okay. As an example. And the reason I would want to use my nine nine seven as the example is when I first got into cars my first truck my first car was an f-150 and i i did wheels and rims on it but i had no intention of getting rid of it i have that car to this day and i'm it's my first car and i like i've had so many people so many elders so many people i've looked up to and respected no matter what car you have never get rid of your first car you'll always regret it (laughs) that's what i've always been told Mm -hmm. so i'm always going to keep that truck and then when i got my mercedes I did that up a little bit here and there. And then I I had a wrap on it and I sold it. And then I moved out to California. I got a 996 Porsche and absolutely loved that car. And I will keep that car every day of my life, no matter what I did some stuff to it, but again, nothing crazy. And then during COVID I was like, you know what for the channel, because, and for everything else I might want to do in the future, I want to build a car. And I went searching. I found the 997, and I bought it with intent to build it and sell for a profit. Now I knew nothing about really and truly running a car, nor really running a business at the time. This was two and a half years ago, and I mean, doing a build on a car is just like running a business. You got to make sure the budget's proper. You got to make sure all the expenses are covered. You got to make sure every, you got to dot every i and cross every t, and connections really help with that. And I did not know that. I learned my lesson. <laughs> we ended up getting the 997. It's a Carrera F, naturally aspirated, beautiful sound. And I wanted to do a one-off build. And Liberty Walk was willing to do a one-off body kit for me. Now, they gave me wholesale on it, but little did I know that with some connections, you could get less than wholesale or, you know, sponsorship and, and get it even less, if not for free. And I didn't have those strings to pull or those contacts to know or the ability at that point in time to have the knowledge or know-how to get a sponsorship. Well, I basically went double over budget. Uh Oh, That's pretty much how (laughs) most stories go. Yeah, on a car bill. Went double over budget. And it took about seven extra months. Not just because, not because of anybody being improper or anything, but I just didn't have my ducks in a row. I didn't, I didn't know how to organize things properly. But I can tell you that the car just finally got finished about four months ago. Yeah, about four months ago. (laughs) Over a year long of a build. It was supposed to take six months. And it's just now going to auction because I went so far over that I'm going to have to take a loss on that. But the good news is I learned my lesson big time on that car to the point where with my GT3 RS, I built that car with connections and some sponsorships and taking my time. I took my time on the 3RS the proper way by building it and taking my time and arguing with, not arguing, but haggling and and making deals with certain brands and shops to help me out on prices and stuff and that I would help them out. And anybody could do that. Is just don't agree with the first price and, and try and work it out, and try and get the best price for yourself. And at this point, I, I made enough money on that car to where I could move into the the McLaren. And at the same time as the three RS, I did it with my Lamborghini Urus, which I have since traded, and I've actually bought another one, which my channel nor any of my followers know. And I believe I believe by the time that this airs, that this will actually be the first public knowledge of what the vehicle is um it's actually a british racing green urus which is kind of crazy and cool i i found one. <laughs> Oh wow so talking about talking about green cars coming out in light <laughs> yeah it's, it's definitely interesting
0: yeah
1: um right, cool thank you but i would say that the 997 was definitely in most recent times and, and in general my biggest failure slash lesson because i learned so much about taking my time and trying to run these builds properly and not just hustle them out and bust them out and be like, oh, I can sell this easily for 60 grand more or oh, yeah, this will be done no matter what. Like, no problem. It's no, you got to take your time. You got to try and find buyers months before, if not before you even buy the car and then build it for them and then just give it to them. There you go. You know, we live and we learn.
0: (laughs) That's the part of life.
1: Exactly. No matter what, you always need to try and have fun. With the 997, I, I ended up not having fun. With the other cars, I ended up having fun because I learned my lesson. I learned how to run a business. And it's it's working out, so <laughs> good for Can't you. Now.
0: There you go. Now uh, every every experience is a lesson, and some are tougher than others, but uh, definitely a valuable yes. uh, learning curve on that one. Is there one special vehicle in your life so far? I mean, for a young guy, you had some really nice vehicles. Is there one that really stands out for you as being very special?
1: That's a tough question. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I have to say, all the vehicles that I've been lucky enough to have and own and drive, and put many miles on. I don't know if I could narrow it down to exactly one. I think I could do two, and ironically, I think ironically, they're both Porsches. One is the 996, and the 996 was the car that showed me California. That car I bought when I moved out here with the money that I saved from the first two months of rent that I got for free. My building had a special on in the first two months of free, Nice, awesome. Yeah. So I I put that money towards a 996, and I learned California because I actually moved out here the first day that I had ever touched foot in California. (laughs) Oh wow,
0: that was never visited before.
1: Yeah, it was. And um, that car showed me around, and that car actually, debatably, was the worst car that Porsche had ever produced. You know, they nearly went broke because of them. With all their IMS bearings and replacing engines for free. Yeah. But to me, that that car, I fell in love with Porsche because of it. And I know it had it has its goofs and its flaws, but it showed me California. It, it I met so many people on little random drives with it, and that car will always have a special place in my heart. And the second car is the nine, uh, not the 997, is the is the GT3 RS, the 992 GT3. The reason for that is that's the first. That's the car that I did my first big rally in. I did that rally with my dad. It was Gold Rush in um, 2020. I believe it was in May. Mm-hmm. or No, it was in August. It was in August. It was supposed to be in May, but it, they pushed the August.
0: And I did it with
1: my dad, and we had an absolute blast. And that car, I, I took across the country so many rallies. I took it on a second year of Gold Rush, and it actually, I, I blew the engine on it. Um, it walked its crankshaft in the middle of nowhere in Virginia.
0: Uh-oh.
1: and that whole story, it was it's all over Gold Rush's YouTube channel, it's on mine, it's it's everywhere. If anybody wants to go watch it, it's definitely a a tall tale of how it happened. But that car is that car has taken me so many places and given me so many cool different memories that I think those two cars are definitely my most memorable vehicles
0: fun ride. So I'm going to be your car psychologist today, Harrison. I'm going to kind of crawl into your skull a little bit here. If you were manifest as a vehicle, what would you be? But this isn't what you want to be. This is how you perceive the man in the mirror and who you are. So what would you be? But more importantly, why?
1: Hmm. What would I be? I love manuals. Okay. And I think I would be, I think because they came out with it and they might not ever come out with it again. And it's a fantastic car. I think I would be the new GT3. Okay. And the reason I say that is because Porsche, obviously it's German. It's fantastic. They're incredibly reliable and they are somewhat to a naked eye. Like to somebody that just doesn't know Joe Schmo who doesn't know cars, which is the majority of the world's population. It's not a very glitzy, glamoury car. And it would be great to have on a daily basis or be on a daily basis and not be afraid. Because, yes, I have an McLaren, And it does, it is interesting, especially living in L.A., to drive that around sometimes. Just with everything going on, it's it's like, where do I park it? Am I going to be good here? Is the valet going to scrape? Like, do I I park it solo or do I put it with the valet? Or, like, what do I do? As a Porsche, I would just be like, okay, I'll self-park. I know no one's not really going to be that interested in me. But I know that if I go on track, if I go on a twisty road, I'm going to kick anybody's butt. I know I can carry as much luggage as I need for to move me around. I know I have great fuel economy, and I know I'm reliable, and I have a great, fantastic lineage. There you go. I think, I think I'd be a Porsche Gt Three, <laughs> a new nine nine two. Sounds cool. In manual.
0: In manual, of course. So, is there a great book you'd like to share with our listeners today that you've really enjoyed?
1: So. What's goofy enough is I love books. I'm extremely dyslexic. oh, yes, I constantly drive with my hand with my hands up trying to see which is left and right, you know where you put your fingers up, you see the l on the left hand oh, I got you You're, yes you uh-huh. thumb and index, yep, yeah, I do that constantly, and to get through a book fully sometimes is a bit of a struggle for me mm mm-hmm. I understand, yeah, so i I tend to um. I tend to I tend to listen to podcasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um one of the biggest podcasts is kind of goofy. Started out immature, but they got some good stuff. It's impulsive. It is um Logan Paul's podcast. He started it out right after his mix-up and everything and then throughout his boxing career, he's become very mature on it. And he's had some pretty influential people on there. He's had some other guests on there as well, but the big influential people he's had on there, it's it's been pretty impressive. I would definitely say so. Like he said Grant Cardone on there, he's had some other big business people. He's had a bunch of incredible people. He's had race car drivers on there. And just the the diverse the diversity of conversations that they have on there is it's it's quite good. And I I find that I, I nurture and I absorb stuff physically and like auditorily than I do by reading. So along with podcasts, I, I absorb stuff by just being in the moment and doing
0: stuff do you listen to many audiobooks there's so many great audiobooks
1: i have listened to an audiobook i understand you've got to bleep it out but the subtle art
0: yeah the subtle art of giving an f as we'll say here yep yeah you know one of the secrets and my listeners know this my wife is a voracious reader so is my son and my daughter they all read just incredible numbers of books i try to read as much as i can and the great thing about audiobooks is, of course, you can do them like a podcast whenever you're running or driving or exercising, whatever. But here's a little secret. You can get audiobooks for free from your public library, oh. and they will send them right to your device. You don't even have to go to the library. And they, if they don't have what you want, they'll get it for you. And I honestly, I did not know that. I, well, that's why I just shared it with you. So, you know, well, enough, you. No, nothing against... Um, Audible or some of these others that you subscribe to, but your taxes already pay for libraries and you can get anything. Um, and sometimes you have to wait a little bit because they have, I think they have limited numbers, but uh, yeah, my wife gets, I think, two or three a week and uh, you can get them all through your public library. You just have to get a library card. So nice little secret for anybody out there to listen to great audio books. So today... I'm going to let you go on the ultimate drive. Now, you're a guy who's already been on many ultimate drives, but this one's a little different, Harrison. There's an unlimited amount of funds here at Cars. Yeah. So you can be in any car on the planet. You can be with anybody, even somebody who's already passed. So somebody from the past, perhaps. And you can be driving anywhere. So given those parameters for a guy who's taken some pretty cool rally drives, what's the ultimate drive look like for you?
1: Hmm, let me think about that one for just a second. I think place, this is a bit extravagant. I think place would be to start in New York, then drive to Atlanta, load the vehicle up in a plane, take the vehicle with, we'll land in somewhere in, the, in, in Europe. We'll start with Spain. Land in Spain and then drive the coast of the Mediterranean Sea all the way to Monaco and then take a ferry and end in the UAE. Okay. Over over 20 days. All right. I know somebody that has done something similar, and they said it was unbelievable. And that's it's always been on my bucket list since, in my opinion. That sounds cool. Um, so who would you be with? For the vehicle.
0: Oh, we're going to go to the car or, next.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah. For the vehicle, I think I would want something classic. I think it would be very cool to do it in some kind of classic Ferrari. I know that sounds like it probably won't make it to the end, (laughs) (laughs) but let's let's just pretend that let's pretend that it does. Yeah, Yeah. I think a classic Ferrari convertible, some kind of some kind of um cabriolet. Couldn't I don't know if I could specify which one though. And for person think i would want to take my dad i think that would be an ultimate experience with him and just a joy because it wouldn't be anything fast it'd be through some of the most scenic places in the world and i think that would just be an incredible experience of just me and him
0: yeah i think that sounds like a pretty pretty fun drive and there's so many yeah. great old convertible Ferraris when you think about it. Mm -hmm. Definitely, it's got to probably have a V12 Colombo engine in it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I got to do it that way. And, you know, maybe, um, I'm trying to think what might be kind of cool. Maybe, well, maybe the Ferris Bueller's car, you know? I mean, but a real one (laughs) versus the fake one. I mean, a California Spider, I think that, I think we just found the car for you. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. I think that's what it's got to be. I mean, that would be... That'd be pretty cool. Classic car, Europe on the coast. Yeah, I think uh, I think you'd be set there. Very, very nice. You've taken us on a fun drive today. Before I let you go on that ultimate drive, could you share maybe a success quote or a mantra or some kind of words of inspiration for our listeners?
1: I would say the quote that I live by, it's not that crazy. It's, it's pretty basic, but you can write it out on a piece of paper. Make a circle around it or make it into a circle. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's visual. I mean, like I said, I'm a visual person. Never quit, period. Never give up. And just put it in a circle and just read it over and over and over and never let it pop.
0: Kind of just goes around and around like the wheels of a car.
1: Exactly. And Never give up, never quit.
0: There you go. Kind of a Winston Churchill type quote. Never, ever give up Mm -hmm. and never quit. I love it. So how can people follow along with you?
1: So I'm on pretty much all big social media. I'm on I'm on YouTube. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If you just search Harrison Woodruff, it should pop right up anywhere. Or Harrison Woodruff vlogs on YouTube. I post pretty often. I, I take some breaks usually around December and January, but that time's passed and rally season is starting to heat up, and we're about to hit up some hit on hit some pretty nice roads, and it's gonna get pretty interesting on the on the social media spectrum so cool definitely be on the lookout on those on those accounts
0: all right listeners i'll put links to all these on yeah harrison's show notes page on the car show website so you can follow along with him i want to do a shout out thank you to uh joseph anderson of ibp media for introducing me to harris joseph thanks for another great one harrison thanks for being such a great guest today. Thanks for sharing your life and your passion for cars. It's nice to hear a a young person these days that has a passion for cars that is going to carry the torch for all us old guys. Eh, I'm kind of an old guy. (laughs) It's a you and I talk again, my friend. I'll see you down the road.
1: Thank you so much, Mark. You're welcome.
0: We all count on skilled auto technicians to ensure that our families and ourselves are safe on the road. That an airplane will get me safely to my destination. That trucks are moving the stock to shelves of essential parts and things that we need. That's why TechForce Foundation's slogan is so appropriate. When techs rock, America rolls. I love that. TechForce is a charity of cars, yeah. And like all charities, They need our support. If you love cars and can relate to the young person's desire to turn their passion into a career, go to techforce.org today and donate or become a volunteer. That's techforce.org.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up!